This country was built on a distinctly American work ethic. But today, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and diminished our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make a variety of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more. All made right here in the USA, from growing the cotton to adding the final touches. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs for seamsters, cutters, and factory workers in towns and cities across the United States. And it's about more than an income. Jobs bring pride, purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Big Nasty. Yeah, Big Nasty Hall of Fame Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstott, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You ain't listening, and you're missing out. Woo! Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Back at you today for episode 137, and my God, we have a lot to talk about. I'm so excited. I'm in such a good mood this week. I know we're coming off of a terrible loss, but to be frank, that's the last we're going to speak of it on this show because we have so much good news moving forward. I can't wait to get you guys into it. To uh, Speaking of the Bucks, after a 10-day break... They find themselves back in Raymond James this Sunday. They're going to be taking on Aaron Rodgers and the undefeated Green Bay Packers. We're going to preview that game and a little bit more for you today. But welcome back to the show. I'm your host as always, right, Matthew. Joined alongside me as always, my good buddy and co-host, the Philly Bucks fan himself, Mr. Evan Wanish. Evan, how are you doing, my friend? Doing pretty good. Um... Yeah, just sort of chugging along. You know, it's when when you heard that they the the Bucks had a Thursday night game and then they weren't going to play for another ten days. Man, you're coming up on the game, and it just seems like this ten days just zoom by. Yeah, it really does. I mean, and I will say that you know, for the podcast sake, I guess the way that we've been pushing out content since the start of the season, it didn't really feel like the ten days flew by to me. I mean, maybe it's because I've been working. Maybe it's just because of you know. The break that we had, but I don't know, man. It felt like we missed like six months podcast time. And to be honest, I don't think we had that much to talk about up until today. But even then, I just, I don't know. I miss jumping on the pod twice a week. So I am happy to be back to our regular schedule. And to open things up, we got a couple of announcements for everybody. First and foremost, 
If you follow us on social media, we have been teasing a major announcement for the past couple days or a couple weeks, actually. But that announcement was made yesterday. We're going to announce it here on the show right now. As if you couldn't already tell over on our YouTube channel, we are now partnered. The Cannon Fire Podcast is the official Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast for the Believe Sports Podcast Network. I said podcast a lot of times, but that really just lets you know what this is all about. We have partnered up with Believe, and I'm very, very optimistic just excited about what this means for the show. You know, these guys are really experts when it comes to um, the lineup that they've chosen. And you look at their selection of football shows. I mean, their Steelers show just this week, they had Ike Taylor on, two-time Super Bowl champion. Like, these guys definitely know what they're doing. And um, we couldn't be more excited to be joining forces with these guys and bringing you a next level of CFP content that, you know, we're just so excited for. Yeah, it's uh, very, very exciting. It's something that, I mean, we wanted to wanted to share with you guys, you know, coming up. We were just waiting for sort of the right time. So uh, I feel like, you know, now is, is the right time. And, you know, yeah, we're very excited. And, um, I mean, don't worry. There's not going to be a whole lot of big changes. Like, we're still going to be Canifier Podcast, stuff like that. Like, it's still going to be us. We're still going to have the same, like, schedule and stuff. Uh, but, you know, what's going to end up happening is just, you know, more opportunities are going to come. And uh, there's going to be some cool things on the horizon. So be on the lookout. Absolutely. Definitely excited for everything in the works, and we are glad to be partnered with Believe. And like Evan said, no major changes coming to the show. We're not going to sell out or anything like that. You know, it's, it's I don't know, it's still our show at the end of the day. I'll just put it that way. But we are absolutely incredibly excited about everything going on. And Evan, dude, I am in such a good mood this week. You know, I've been missing the pod. I've been missing jumping on here talking to people. We did that live call-in show we talked about an ugly loss, but I'm still feeling good about it. I jumped on with, you know, our buddy Robert Green on Outside Leverage and talked about the loss. I, I just, mm. I feel good. Group therapy is great. But it's got me in such a good mood that, you know, I'm not normally a betting guy, but I am definitely going to be taking a peek at some of the prop bets this weekend for the Bucks game. Maybe see if there's a little bit of moolah to be made. And I'll tell you what, guys, the best place to do that, responsibly, might I add, is with our friends over at betonline.ag. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any other place online. And they've also got an online casino, which never closes. So again, let me just stress, responsibly, and if you're over 21, definitely go check it out. Head over to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. And we're really excited to be sponsored by betonline.ag. Hopefully some cool stuff's in the works with those guys as well. But let's get into the show. It's been so long since we've actually, you know, talked Bucks football. I know it's been like a week, but <laughs> it feels like it's been so long. We, we really just need to get into it. This Sunday, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are taking on the Green Bay Packers. Before we get into the game preview itself, we always go over the injury report. So the injury report for Thursday is actually looking pretty optimistic. I think you've got 11 or 12 Buccaneers showing up on the injury report itself, but a far cry from what it was when it first came out earlier this season. So let's go over that, talk about who's going to be playing this weekend. First up on the injury report, inside linebacker Levante David with a knee injury was limited participation today. He should be fine. He's good to go. 
Cornerback Carlton Davis, I actually wanted to ask you about this one. With an abdomen injury, was limited participation today. He did not practice on Wednesday, and it was like an undisclosed, like, shady injury. Yeah, um, so I remember when, I think I remember, there was a play in the Chicago game where it seemed like Davis got a little bit banged up. Uh, I think it was later in the game, uh, you know, that's likely what it was. I can't say it exactly what it was, but like when I saw he was on the injury report, that's sort of the first thing that popped into my head. But it doesn't sound like it's too serious. Uh, Bruce Arians didn't make it sound like it was serious at his press conference on Wednesday. Um, and obviously he was limited today. So I, a lot of people have been asking me. I would expect him to be able to play. Yeah, I think so. I'll be looking forward to it. And that's a really big piece. You know, obviously the huge. Elephant in the room for this matchup on Sunday is Aaron Rodgers, who is playing like a man possessed. I mean, playing like your top MVP candidate so far this 2020 season. So having Carlton out there showing off some of the skills he's given us so far this season is definitely going to help this team out tremendously. Yeah, if, if you look, the the two quarterbacks, it's it's Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers right now. Yeah. I mean, you know, if, you, if you're talking about MVP guys, uh, Josh Allen, his stock took a hit on, on Tuesday night. But yeah, if you're talking MVP guys, there's nobody better so yeah i mean you're gonna have to have your number one corner absolutely so that's gonna mean a lot on sunday next up on the injury report defensive lineman khalil davis with an ankle injury did not participate this might delay i guess what we thought we were going to see you know obviously i didn't think khalil davis was next up i don't think anybody did to replace vita vea along that defensive line but Honestly, if they didn't like what they were seeing with whoever they had there, it wouldn't have surprised me to see Khalil Davis. But with him not practicing on Thursday, it doesn't look too promising for him suiting up on Sunday. No, it doesn't. And um kind of sucks because it just, you know, you sort of get this opportunity and you're not able to take it right now. Because, I mean, yeah, if you're not practicing on a Thursday practice before the game, yeah, I'd say you're likely not going to play. So, uh yeah, I, I think I'm not sure exactly what they do uh, because obviously Nacho is going to be like that guy. So I'm not sure who's going to be behind him. Maybe a guy like Jeremiah Ledbetter would be. Um, but yeah, it, it really sucked for the rookie who, I mean, finally got an opportunity. And hopefully, you know, this isn't a long term thing because if it is, I think you might maybe see them sign somebody then just to be like some depth. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll have to see. Uh, hopefully. I doubt he plays this week, but hopefully the 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 hope is that it's not long term anything. So yeah. Next up on the injury report, wide receiver, big number thirteen, Mike Evans with an ankle injury, that nagging one that he's had, limited participation. I'll tell you what, limited participation today. Obviously, I think they're just using it as a precaution. They're taking it easy on Mike this yeah. week, and I will say this: he's going to be in better shape on Sunday than he was Thursday night for damn sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you know, he played Sunday versus the Chargers and then got got hurt in that game, came back in that game, got hurt early, came back, played the rest of the game and then played, you know, not even a week later. You know, I mean, yeah, it's and he played most of the snaps versus uh, versus the Bears. So, yeah, it's it's um, his, his ankle is going to be feeling a lot better on, on Sunday than it was uh, in that Thursday night game for sure. Absolutely. And we're about halfway through probably the most crucial injury report, or at least the, you know, the biggest list of names that I've seen on the injury report. But let's go ahead and wrap this thing up. Running back Leonard Fournette with an ankle injury was limited participation. He was limited on Wednesday as well. So he should be good to go. Maybe we see him on a limited snap count, but I think maybe they try and get that rotation working. 
I know Rojo's had back-to-back 100-yard games. He's been running with a purpose, but getting Leonard Fournette back in there can't be too bad of a thing, right? Yeah, I think uh, you know their ideal situation is a rotation. I don't think they view Ronald Jones as a guy that is going to be able to keep keep you know having the ball in his hands eighteen to twenty times a game. I, I don't think they view him as that. I think they know that he can do that occasionally, but I don't think they view him as a guy that can do it consistently. So uh, I think having a guy like Fournette is, is pretty big. And he was, I mean, he was active on Thursday, but obviously he didn't really play. So I, I would guess he he plays, and he probably like you said, he might be on a limited snap count. Yeah, big, uh, big piece for this offense in Leonard Fournette coming back into the rotation. This next guy I think is even more important for that offense. It's wide receiver Chris Godwin had that hamstring injury, was limited participation today and Wednesday at practice. This is a big deal because it seems like this is the first time since what, like week three that the Bucks have had Mike Evans and Chris Godwin ready to go. And I mean, I guess you could say week two when you consider both of those guys at 100%. So it seems like for the first well, time mean, in a while, these guys we, will be... Week two, week two, Godwin wasn't in. He was in concussion protocol, so... Oh, you're right, because he had that hit at the Saints game. I forgot yeah. that, my bad. Yeah, God- Godwin's, you've not seen a lot of Chris Godwin. He's played in, he played in the Saints game. He played for about 95% of that Saints game and then played like like a half of football versus the Broncos. Yeah, it's been a rough start for Chris Godwin, but this is that much bigger of a game for him and as well the Buccaneers offense to have him back in. So having both of those guys on the field on offense, even if you know they're not getting a lot of targets, it just changes how teams neutralize the Buccaneers offense and it really Absolutely. opens things up for the rest of the guys. It, it, you know, it, it changes it changes the the playbook for the Bucs as well. Yeah. It, a lot more things can open up for Byron Byron Leftwich and Tom Brady. A lot more things can open up for those two and they can do a lot more things because you don't have to rely on, you know, a, a Justin Watson or a Tyler Johnson. You know, you you don't have to rely on those guys. Now you you have your top two receivers, you're likely going to have, you know, your second string running back, you know, in there. You're you're going to be able to do a lot more things now yeah absolutely now this next batch of guys all of them have participated this week as well as today next up tight end rob gronkowski with a shoulder injury limited participation today he'll be good to go on sunday running back Lashawn mccoy with that ankle injury limited participation on thursday he should be dressed up on sunday not sure how much you'll see him but he'll be out there wide receiver scotty miller with a hip slash groin injury limited participation that's pretty big for this offense as well because you know, I don't think he was battling injury. Well, he definitely was. He showed up on the injury report before it's been the Bears nagging. game. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 it was before the Chargers game even. It was, yeah, it, it's been a, it's been a nagging issue for him uh, with the with the lower body. Yeah, yeah, and seeing the status of the in, uh, of this injury report, going back to what we said at the top of it, it's just you know that nine ten day break that they had that just helped these guys tremendously. Like it, it really mm. really did. So you cannot underestimate something like that. But having Scotty Miller back on the rotation is something I'm excited for. Outside linebacker Jason Pierre-Paul with a knee injury, limited participation. He'll be fine. Happens every single week. He's had that knee injury since week one. He'll be (laughs) all right, ready to go for 95% of the defensive snaps on Sunday. Wide receiver Justin Watson with a chest injury, full participation. So we're definitely going to see Justin Watson. But I'll be honest with you, who do you think gets the nod? Do you think it goes by default? To Justin Watson, or do you think after that sample size we saw from Tyler Johnson against Chicago, he might be the guy that they look forward to a little more? You know, that that's actually a good question. Uh, and it's not something I thought about a lot. Um, you know, I, I think I like to I like to keep you on your toes. 
Yeah, I mean, you, you definitely you're doing your job here. Um, uh, man, I I would like to think that they'd like to give Watson a shot. Like they they still want him in there, but I I mean I do think they're they're gonna see, you know I think you're gonna see Tyler Johnson in a lot more than you did uh, previously. Yeah, I think he's starting to earn a little bit of Tom Brady's trust now. Uh, the you know the only thing he sort of disappeared in the second half of that Chicago game. Which is kind of strange, uh, but I mean, yeah, I, I think you're gonna slowly. I think Thursday night versus the Bears was kind of the the start uh, of phasing out Justin Watson. He's more of a, a special teams type guy, so I do think you're gonna see a, 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 like Watson. I don't think he's gonna be completely phased out of this offense, but I do think that Tyler Johnson is definitely gonna be able to see uh, a lot more looks, uh, especially this week and in the coming weeks. Absolutely. Just another dynamic piece of that offense, and I'm curious to see what they do moving forward. This last guy on the Buccaneers injury report is a big old question mark because I do not think he plays Sunday, and I wanted to ask you what that means for the secondary, but safety, Jordan Whitehead with a knee injury did not participate in practice on Thursday. That changed from Wednesday. So what's the deal with Jordan Whitehead? Yeah, well, I mean that's never good, right? I think I think what you're going to be able to determine is the Friday practice. Is he a limited participation or is he not going to participate? If he's not participating, he's not playing. If he's limited, I think he'll probably give it a go. Um, but I mean it's not a good sign. So if he can't go, let's say he cannot. The Bucks safeties are Andrew Adams, Mike Edwards, basically those are like the two main guys that are like backups per se. So I think you'd see a lot more Edwards uh, than Adams because I feel like Edwards is more of a fits the the whitehead role a little bit better than Adams does. Definitely. So I think you would see a little bit more of him. I, I think they they like him in that spot. So if Whitehead can't go, I think you'd see Edwards uh, a, a good bit. I think they'd move Antoine Winfield around a good bit, maybe put him in some nickel situations so you can have Edwards and Adams on the field at the same time at, uh, at some point. So I think if Whitehead can't go, I think it's an underrated loss. Um, yeah, he's not the best in coverage, but I think he's very underrated in his run support, and I think he's a big reason why, you know, I mean, you see the bugs blitz a lot with Whitehead when they when they bring a safety down. It's it's Jordan Whitehead a lot of the time, and um, you know it, it would be a, an underrated loss. It wouldn't be crushing, but it, it would be a very underrated loss if he's not able to go on Sunday. Yeah, and while the sample size this year hasn't been necessarily as flashy as it's been in years past, I mean he's definitely been playing his role exactly what you said he, he's great run support and um it would be a bit of an underrated loss for that defense should he not dress on sunday let's take a look at the challengers the green bay packers they have also got quite an extensive injury report so we're not going to spend nearly as much time on this one but here we go wide receiver Devonte adams returns to the lineup this week off of a hamstring injury he was full participation on thursday he's going to be good another, to go. that another is reason why carlton davis is needed so yeah Exactly. That's why it is that much more important that you see 24 for Tampa Bay dress on Sunday as well. But Devontae Adams, that's really big for Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers offense. Next up, defensive lineman Montravius Adams with a neck injury did not participate, so he should not be playing, at least I don't think, based off of what this looks like. Cornerback, is it Jair Alexander? Jair. Jair Alexander with a hand-slash-knee injury, full participation. He should be good to go. 
Linebacker Chris Barnes with a shoulder injury, full participation. He'll be good to go. Defensive tackle Kenny Clark with a groin injury, full participation. He'll be fine. Running back Tyler Irvin with a wrist injury did not participate, so a little bit of a question mark there, but we'll talk about their running back room here in a second because Tyler Irvin definitely isn't what the Bucs need to worry about mostly in that backfield. Linebacker Rashawn Gary with an ankle injury, limited participation. He'll probably be fine. Cornerback Kevin King, quad injury, did not participate. Tight end Mercedes Lewis with a knee injury, did not participate. That changed from Wednesday as well. So a big question mark right there along the Green Bay offense. Linebacker Zadarius Smith with an ankle injury was full participation. And cornerback Chandon Sullivan off of concussion protocol was full participation all week as well. Let's get into this game preview, man. There is a lot that we need to break down about this Green Bay Packers team. And I will say that the first thing we need to say to really just lead it off is like, we, we talked about Aaron Rodgers, but this team is not just Aaron Rodgers, okay? Aaron Jones, their starting running back, has been absolutely shredding this season, okay? Their offense as a whole, they lead the league with 38 points per game. So let's, you know, not forget that. Aaron Rodgers is a big part of that. 445 yards per game the Packers are putting up on offense. They've played some scrubs, but they're putting up 445 yards per game. They're a pretty balanced offense. But you look at their rushing stats, and I think, you know, while they are a balanced offense, thanks to Aaron Rodgers playing like a freak this season, 158 rushing yards per game, led by Aaron Jones, who has 374 on the season and four touchdowns. If I'm not mistaken, he's like top three in the league for rushing right now, right? I, I think so. I'm not 100% sure, but I think so. So what I'm trying to say, and I think I wanted you to expound on this a little bit as well here in a second, but it's it, it's a lot more than Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, for a Bucks run defense in particular who just lost to Vita Vea last Thursday – it's going to be a pretty critical test for those guys if they want to stay first in the league, which they are ranked right now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a let's like said it's a huge test because you know the the Packers have sort of had a little bit of a, a resurrection um, recently. Uh, if you remember during the last years of Mike McCarthy, they weren't they were sort of average, right? Like. I think what did, didn't they go like seven and nine the year he was sort of fired in season the year before that they went like nine and seven or something. Yeah. So, I mean they were getting average and a big reason why and a, a lot of people thought you know Aaron Rodgers sort of had an issue with Mike McCarthy the offense was predictable and it was just Rodgers. I mean there was no semblance of a run game now. A little bit of a different story and you can do so much more with a good run game and you know, when you have. Uh, just a, a game-changing back like Aaron Jones is, man, it just it opens up so much more and it makes it so much harder harder to defend because you know that Aaron Rodgers does not need to throw the ball 50 times to put up 40-plus points. Uh, they don't need to do that. Um, so not having Vita Vea this week, it, it's it's rough. Um, and I mean, when you look at it next week with, with Josh Jacobs, not having Vita Vea that week's going to be rough too. So uh, they're going to have to power through. Uh, I think... I don't think Jones is going to run all over him, but they also like to get Jones involved in the passing game, which I think might be a problem because the Bucks haven't been able to contain that as much as I think Todd Bowles would like them 
to uh, this season so far. So, yeah, it definitely brings a completely different dimension to the offense, and it's something that the Bucks got to watch out for. Um, I mean, yeah, he's, just, he's been on a tear, and, and that's part of the reason because why Aaron Rodgers has been on a tear. You know, that threat of a run game is just so big. And, you know, when when the other team knows that you're going to throw the ball 45 times and you're not going to run it, it, it makes your offense one-dimensional, no matter how good Aaron Rodgers is. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers is likely, I mean, I think arguably a top 10 quarterback of all time, maybe. Uh, so no matter how good he was, they were still losing games. Now they finally invested in the defense a little bit in the draft with Jair Alexander and Kenny Clark. And they went and got Zedarius Smith from Baltimore and Preston Smith from Washington. They went and got, got those guys. And now they let Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones go to work. And Devontae Adams is still obviously good. They have a really good offensive line. David Bakhtiari is like one of the best tackles in the game. He's just not talked about. Um, I mean, it's all good. It's just, you know, they're, they're, they're a good football team. And I didn't think they had a good offseason at all. And, you know, imagine what they could do if they, if I thought they had a good offseason. Like, if they, didn't pick Jordan Love and pick somebody that can help them out now. <laughs> like you, you'd be looking, you'd be looking at them possibly, you know, being the runaway Super Bowl champion. I, I was just about to jump in there and kind of make a jab at it, but yeah, you know, the only thing that would make this scary offense a little bit scarier is if Aaron Rodgers had a first round rookie draft pick he could throw to a wide receiver, because yeah. that's you know they they just kind of they they definitely whiffed in the off season, and I think people had and, more concerns. Yeah. Um, I think people definitely had more concerns about this team than so far, you know, from what oh, they've shown us, they should have yeah, had. Because Aaron Rodgers changed the clock back to 2012. That, 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 that's <laughs> He's why. He's still only um, 36 years old, though. That's the it's thing. Crazy. It's like, crazy. Like, I talk to people who swear that Aaron Rodgers is in his 40s, and no, he is 36 years old. If there is any time for him to really hit his stride and play in his prime, probably going to be the next three or four years. I mean, if you want to talk about the quarterback with, like, the most talent, like he's got to be top five. Like if if you're talking like most talented quarterback, maybe not best, but most talented, like most gifted, you know, accuracy and and arm and stuff like that. Uh, like all of it combined, dude. I mean, some of the things he can do with a football is, is ridiculous. And you know, he's really been showing it the last two years, and and this year has just been even more. And yeah, he hasn't had Devontae Adams for, what, two or three games, I think, and it doesn't seem to matter. So, um, yeah, he's he, – I mean, you look at these guys, you know, Alan Lazard and Marquez Valdez scantling and you look at those guys, you're just like, oh, my God, on, on paper, you're like, oh, man, so it's just Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers. No, like these guys are playing well too, and Rodgers is, is just on a whole another level. And the Bucks. It kind of sucks that, that the Bucks got just a hot Aaron Rodgers. Maybe he cools down. You know, he, they did have the bye week. Um, the, the Packers did just have the bye week, so maybe he cools down a little bit. I doubt it, but um, we'll see what happens. But, yeah, it's not a great time to be playing Aaron Rodgers, and I think the Bucks' defense on Sunday might learn that. Absolutely. As, as, as so many other defenses have. You know, I mean, if this team goes out and gets dominated by Aaron Rodgers, I wouldn't put any shame on it just because this dude is just playing ridiculous right now. Yeah, and we'll talk about those defensive expectations here in a second. I guess actually let's just talk about them right now. But I wanted to ask you, 
You know, the Buccaneers' approach to slowing down Green Bay's offense on Sunday, obviously we know they're going to blitz. I think that's in the game plan every single week. You can definitely account for the Buccaneers blitzing and pressuring the quarterback. But one, do you think if they commit to that, they're going to do it well enough? And two, do you think they just need to commit to it and just balls to the wall pressure Aaron Rodgers the whole game? Because it seemed like against Chicago, they couldn't figure out which one they wanted to play. Yeah, so versus Chicago, they couldn't figure out which one to play, and the balls to the wall one sort of worked better, right? Yeah. But Nick Foles isn't Aaron Rodgers. so <laughs> That's um, damn true. That's that's the big difference here, and that's why I think you have to – I don't think you, – you can't blitz consistently. The dude gets the ball out so quick, and he'll just burn you. He will burn you to the ground, man. It's – He's just going to keep hitting those quick slants and those goes to Adams. And one of the things that he's been best at is just with the with the you know the cadence and the the snap counts. Man, he he gets the he gets the defenders to jump. And obviously, when you're blitzing, you want to get there, so you're more likely to jump. And the Bucks haven't. I mean, they've cleaned that up a little bit, like the the neutral zone infractions and stuff. But you know that Rodgers is going to try to get him to do it again. Ah, man. It's a tough way to play this one, and this is where I wouldn't want to be Todd Bowles, but it's also why Todd Bowles is making a few million dollars right now to be the defensive coordinator, and I'm sitting here doing this because I don't have an answer. Um, if you blitz him, he's going to burn you with his quick arm. If you play coverage, you know, the Green Bay offensive line is really good. I don't know if you're going to be able to get there as, as quick as you need to against Rodgers, and plus Rodgers is a little bit mobile too, and they also have Aaron Jones, so... Um, I would say that going balls of the wall blitzing is not the best idea to, to me, uh, just because I think, yes, you can rattle him, but I think in this particular offense, I think Aaron Rodgers would, would like that. And I think he just eat it up. You, you'd see the, the seven yard outs, the, the eight, nine yard slants, and then he'd hit you with the deep ball. And then, yeah, I just, they, they could hit you with screens. I just, yeah, it's, it's a dangerous game. To, to be doing that. So I think, like you said, you will see blitzing. I mean, they're, they're not going to completely go away from it because that's their identity, I think. But um, I would not <laughs> I would not be blitzing over 50% of the snaps this week. Yeah. Now, to close up, you know, the defensive side of the things, I do want to say this. It, it is imperative that these guys pressure the quarterback, obviously. Me personally, I, I think it's priority number one to neutralize the run game because – it just it, it it takes away that outlet for Aaron Rodgers, and again, it makes any defense or any offense. If you take away the run game, makes them one dimensional. Obviously, more chances for turnovers if you pressure the quarterback. Yada yada yada. We talk about it on every single game preview show. People get the idea by now. But with all of that being said, I just want to say this: you touched on it a little bit earlier. I think this defense can play well, even if they play well. Aaron Rodgers is going to get touchdowns. He's going to put points yes. on the board. It's just it, – it's it's going to happen. And with that being said, I'm expecting this to be a higher-scoring game, one of the higher-scoring games the Bucks have played this season, and I think you are as well. Let's talk about the offense and our expectations for TB12 and his squad taking the field. So as we talked about a little bit earlier, this is the first time since quite a while that the Bucks have had both Mike Evans and Chris Godwin good to go on offense. Um, first and foremost – this offense, you know, it definitely helps having those guys back. It helps that you have a better look against the defense who, you know, can definitely slow people down. Um, 
but this offense cannot miss out on critical drives. I, I mean, you know, they were playing with, I, I guess, scraps on Thursday night. You know, the injury report was extensive, but you got your guys back. If you're close to the red zone, you got to score because this is a game where whoever scores last is probably going to win. And it, it, it's just going to be, you know, touchdown drive after touchdown drives. Bucks have to make sure that they continue to answer on offense or else this is a game they could get out of hand pretty quickly. Sort of feels like the Rams game uh, last year. It yeah. just, it sort of has that feel of a shootout, kind of. Um, so, like you said, it sort of does have that feel of, you know, who who's gonna who's gonna get the last laugh, you know? And um, yeah, it, it, whoever gets the ball last. Uh, so, like you said, I completely agree. They can't waste drives. If you get in the red zone, you gotta get six, not three. Uh, that doomed you last week. That, that was that's a, what that's a big reason what doomed you. And also, you know, just the the biggest thing is the penalties. Uh, the the defensive penalties are one thing, but it seems to be more consistent on the offensive side of the ball, and it's really stalled drives. I believe Greg Allman said, you know, the NFL keeps stats of stalled drives. And I think the Buccaneers have fourteen stalled drives or, or something like something like that. And the lowest is Arizona with 15. It's just that's not acceptable. Stall drives. That means that a drive that looks like it's likely to result in points, a penalty ends up hurting it, and it doesn't result in any points. That that's what that means. The Bucks have had 14 of those. I mean, if you're if you eliminate penalties here, if you put that down to seven, this team's four and one. Right. Um, if you put that down to like four, maybe this team is like five and oh, who knows? But, it, you know, it's just it's not acceptable. And on the offensive side of the ball, it seems to be at more backbreaking times than on the defensive side of the ball. And I'm not sure if everybody gets that read, but it just seems like the offensive line has been playing really sloppy. And Green Bay has, has a talented defensive line. I know a lot of people look at Green Bay and go, oh, well, their defense isn't good. No, their defense is good. Uh, Kenny Clark, Zedaria Smith, Preston Smith. Um, uh, I mean, you know, in the secondary, Jair Alexander. I When he was coming out of the draft from Louisville, I loved that guy. Uh, I thought that he was going to be a stud, and the Packers got a steal. I think they drafted him at like 23 or something like that. And I was like, man, like this dude should have been like a top 10 pick. And He's good. I mean, he's he's going to be matched up probably on Mike Evans, and it'll be a very interesting matchup to see. But, I mean, they got Adrian Amos as a safety. They they have a lot of talent on the defense. And, yeah, like you said, Bucks have to have to not waste anything here. You know, you got to play a clean football game because I don't know how many opportunities you're going to get on defense to take away the ball from Aaron Rodgers. Not, not sure. You know, he hasn't thrown an interception yet this season. Um, so, Has he really? He is not. He has thrown zero interceptions. Um, so, yeah. He, um, yeah, I believe he's the only starter in the NFL to not throw an interception. That's, like, eligible for it. Like, not like, you know, like if a guy just started, like, uh, Kyle Allen or something in Washington, like, that doesn't count. But I believe he has not uh, thrown a single interception. Yep, he has uh, 13 touchdowns, no interceptions. So, yeah. Um, yeah, he's just he's been on a tear, so he's not going to give you the ball. 
So what do you got to do? You got to play mistake-free football on your end, and that's something that you can control. And I think the Bucks did a, a solid job of that on Thursday, uh, besides obviously the Keyshawn Vaughn fumble, which there was some debate on whether or not it was even a fumble. So I, I do think that um, it, that's going to be a key, you know, limiting the penalties and, and – and having zero turnovers on offense. If you do that, I think you're going to be able to stick with them. But like you said, it could get out of hand fast if you don't. You have one turnover, you have two turnovers. The Packers, you got to assume that's points because the Packers are turning into points. Um, yeah, they, they got to stick with them. And the biggest thing they did in that Rams game last year was stick with the Rams. You outpace the Rams. They have to do it again. Absolutely. It... Aaron Rodgers, zero interceptions this season. That's why I saw almost smug talking shop on Pat McAfee's show last week. I was like, isn't this guy supposed to be practicing right now? Like, But zero interceptions, I hate to say that I didn't know that, but that is absolutely ridiculous and just adds to that stacked resume so far this season that we talked about earlier. I wanted to take a chunk of what you said and ask you a little bit more in-depth about it. Disciplined football, mistake-free football. I think we can count on the Bucks a little bit better this season than we could last season to play mistake-free football. But when it comes to disciplined football, the talk of the town, you knew this was coming, number 76, Donovan Smith. I mean, what the hell does he got to do this week? Obviously, protecting Tom Brady is priority number one for this offense. Mistake-free football is up there. But Donovan Smith cannot play another game like he did last week because – if I were the head coach and it were up to me, his ass would be benched. Look, I know I've been labeled as this like Donovan Smith lover and, and stuff like that, but far from it. Far anybody with common sense knows that you're not that. We we, we take wow. in we take an unbiased How critical many... look at every player on the team on this show, and if somebody's playing average, we're gonna tell you. Yeah, well, people think that when I say he's playing average, that that's not acceptable. He's the worst left tackle of all time. Apparently. Uh, yeah, well, um, he had a worse game in New Orleans. Uh, he did. He he had a worse game in New Orleans, but I think his game versus Chicago was more impactful. Uh, to me, his performance in Chicago was more impactful on the outcome of the game versus the one in New Orleans just because the Bears game was so close. So... What he needs to do this week? Over oh, him, I wouldn't even show up to the stadium. You, you, you can't get blamed for something if you're not there. Um, so I that would be my game plan. But if he has to show up, um, if he has to be there, okay? If he has to be there, block somebody? I don't know. Um, that's what I'd do. Uh, I'd try to block a guy with a green jersey on. Uh, I'd, I'd think that would be a good idea. Um, oh, yeah, because the Bucks sure. are wearing white at home again, right? Yeah, well, hey, but but the rumor is that they're wearing pewter pants. Uh, so. The rumor, what, because it was on, like, the art poster this week? No, it was on the website. Oh, was it really? Yeah. Okay, well then, damn it, I'll be excited to see some pewter pants. But come on, dude, it's a 425 game. Oh, like a 1 o'clock game, you don't want to wear the red and pewter. I get it, I understand. I but 425, it'll be dark by halftime. I know. I know. I'm just I upset. Mean, I want the red and pewter, and I want it now. Well, you're going to have to wait. I know, it's um, still November, dude. It's still so far away. Yeah, so, um, yeah, uniform combinations. White jersey, pewter pants, black socks. Oh, so. hell yeah. Um, so we're getting something a little different. But, yeah, blocking out of the green jersey. I'm not sure whether he's going to be going up against Zadarius Smith or Preston Smith, but uh, Smith both of them guys Smith are talented. Action. 
it would be either way. Yeah. <laughs> you're you're going to get it. So, um, I I think you know both guys are very talented, and it's sort of scary because like it seems to be the type of guy Donovan Smith struggles against. Like, um, like the 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 talented guy that's not like a star. Because if you remember, like the narrative for Donovan Smith a long time was, oh, well, he plays get down to his competition, right? Like he he'll let a he'll let a backup you know, get two sacks against him. But if he plays J.J. Watt, J.J. Watt will barely touch the quarterback. And, I mean, it was true. I mean, if you if you looked at his games, it did seem like he was playing down to his competition. So a week after playing Khalil Mack and not playing good, you know, this should be a bit easier. You know, all both these guys are very good, but they're not Khalil Mack. So I I want to say he has a better game. I don't know. Um, I'm not an O-line coach, so I can't sit here and tell you, oh, his hands need to be here and here. I, I don't know, right? Um, I still think, Donovan, if you're listening, just don't go. Don't show up. Don't do it. Okay? It'll see. Dude, just, you know, just opt out. Opt out of the game. You don't have to opt out of the season. Just opt out of the game. And I mean, you know, you'll you'll be you'll get a lot less heck from from fans for uh, you know for just not showing up. It's you cannot be blamed for something if you aren't there. So it, you, it would not be your fault if they lose because you were you weren't there. So um, that's not option number one. But like I said, it's just yeah, he has to play better. It's just it's simple. If he if he plays like an average tackle on Sunday, they'll be all right. But if he plays like he did against Chicago or like New Orleans, it could be an ugly day for the offense because having a, a left tackle that's a turnstile back there it can derail any offense. Absolutely. And I guess it's pretty telling of the season that he's had so far if his best option at this point is to just not show up, phone hey. it in, and then show up next Sunday. But Well, and, that, and that's even if. I don't know. If they if they win this game, I don't know if I'd show up ever again if I call the bad luck charm. Oh, man. One more thing I wanted to talk about with this offense before we get into the weekly checklist and break it down. Uh, commit to your play calling. You know, this was another hot topic out of the Thursday night game. Fourth and one in your own territory. You show your ass and you go for it. Fourth and one with the game potentially on the line in enemy territory. Damn near close to the red zone. Yeah, they went for it, right? No. They did. Oh. They oh, went they for did. three, and they lost oh. by one point. Oh, um, that's right. Yeah. That's just right. commit to your play calling. Look, if, if you're going to give Rojo the ball, and if you're going to give him the ball in the first quarter, and you give him, I don't know, over the first half, 12 carries, and he's really going on a tear, just give Rojo the ball the rest of the game. Yeah, you know, like when when you have under three minutes to go, and you run it the first time, but it loses two yards, and you throw two straight times to take off only 16 seconds off the clock. I mean, just logical. You if know? you find yourself before halftime, there's 18 seconds left on the clock. Maybe you've got a timeout. Maybe you got a chance to, to, to spike it. And it's fourth and one on the 18-yard line. Just go for it, especially if you're behind. Just go for it. But if you're going to an establish an identity for what kind of offense you're going to be, you need to stick to it. You need to just commit to it, and you can't flip-flop because there is a long list of things that will lose you games in the NFL. So far this season, we've talked about quite a bit of that list, and over the four years that we've done this podcast, we've covered probably 85% because that's Bucks ball, baby. But yes, sir. committing to your play calling – is just another thing on a long list of what will lose you football games. And if the Bucs are, you know, 
just in a position where they really have to buck up and do that, they need to commit to one thing or another. They just cannot be caught being wishy-washy because similar to the defense, if you're wishy-washy, you're just going to, you know, you're going to get destroyed. It's going to be figured out and it's not going to end well is what I'm trying to say. They're, they're a, they're a, they are a throwing football team that is trying to pretend to be a running football team. They're trying offensive. to pretend? I, I mean, two 100 back-to-back yard games. I don't know what else. How are they pretending at this point? I get it. You know, I don't think Rojo is going to be the bell cow back. And Leonard Fournette back is obviously going to get this offense to what we saw earlier in the season. But I don't think you're pretending how, if you have get, a running how, back who can run 100 yards in, twice a row. How do they get back into the game on versus the Chargers? They threw the damn ball. Yes, they did. Okay. <laughs> Tom Brady threw what? Was it four touchdowns, five touchdowns? Um, five touchdowns so, that game. He yeah. got himself NFC Offensive Player of the Week for the first time right. in his prestigious career. Yeah, what a bum. For only first time. Oh, so <laughs> washed. Uh, anyways, um, don't even remember what down it is. Um, so, I, I mean, and then, you know, on, on Thursday, yeah, they ran it with him, but then you don't run it with him in the in the biggest spots. You want to know why? Because you're a throwing football team. And they know they are. And they're, they're trying to mask that they aren't. And... Just like you said, I agree. Stick stick to something. If you're throwing football team, throw the dang ball, right? If you're if you want to be this running team, feed Rojo and see how that works. You know, feed Leonard Fournette, see how that works. Um, you know, just stick with something. I, I but to me, the consistent play calling has to be has to be the biggest thing. If you're going for it on fourth and one in your own territory, and you don't go for it on fourth and one when you need a touchdown, I mean, obviously you didn't need a touchdown because the field goal would have given you the lead anyway. But in that scenario. Go for the touchdown. Like, come on. Seriously. Especially in this game, if you have a chance to put away Aaron Rodgers. Like, let's say let's say the Bucks are up five, right? And they have a fourth and one and they kick the field goal to be up eight. No. You better be going for that thing to try and get the touchdown to end it. Okay? To go up double digits where Rodgers can't come back. You don't want to give Rodgers the ball with a chance for him to tie it. No freaking way. So just be if you're going to be aggressive, be aggressive all game. Why? Why are you going to be aggressive in certain positions of the game in certain halves? All oh, in the first half, we're going to come out and just be as aggressive. We're going for a fourth and one and our own territory, and this and that. And then you know, in the fourth quarter, when it's a most important quarter, you're like, oh well, we're going to play conservative here. No, that's not that's not acceptable. Yeah, I I, I mean I agree with everything that you had just said. We definitely. We definitely share the same thoughts when it comes to the identity of this team. And we just kind of have to wait and see what they roll out with on offense come Sunday. But hopefully it's enough to win them the football game. Speaking of winning the football game, every single week here on the Game Preview Show, we wrap things up with something called the Weekly Checklist. And a lot of it is, you know, three major points that we talked about over the show. If the Buccaneers can do these things, they should come out victorious on Sunday. First up, stop the run. That's priority number one. If you can find a way to slow down Aaron Jones and that backup who was talking shit about Tom Brady this week, which, by the way, I'm sure did not go unnoticed by Mr. TB12. But if you stop the run, makes any offense one-dimensional, and it's very important that it makes Aaron Rodgers in this balanced-as-hell, productive-as-hell Green Bay offense one-dimensional, and it just gives you that much more of a chance to maybe get a takeaway, which in turn can win you the game. Next up... Commit to your play calling. We just talked about it, so I really don't have to say too much about it, but commit to your play calling on offense and defense. Find an identity and just stick with it. Third, protect Tom Brady 
for the love of all things holy. Um, Tom Brady cannot get hit like he was against Chicago. Tom Brady cannot get hit like he was against Chicago for the rest of the season. We kind of knew that when they signed Tom Brady way back in the offseason. But this offensive line needs to play to the standard that they set for themselves because there was a stretch of games where we came on this show and we talked about how well that offensive line had played. So they need to step it up against a Green Bay defense that can do some damage. They need a big game on Sunday. Yeah, I agree with all the points. Uh, I really do. I think all those points are are valid, and I think if all of them get accomplished, you could see a win. I think, but that I mean, they're going to need a, a full team effort. Um, my two points are basically obviously always make your kicks. Um, I will say, Mister Suckup, you are getting close to me not having to say that. So, a few more games there, maybe like two more games, I'll I'll shut up about it. How's that? So, my other checklist. To me, there's one man who must outplay another to be able to win. And that man is Thomas Edward Patrick Brady. I I think Tom Brady has to play better than Aaron Rodgers. That's why the Bucs brought Tom Brady here. Tom Brady was brought in to be able to beat these big boys. Eventually, if the Bucs want to make the playoffs this season, they can't beat all the bad teams because there's not enough bad teams on your schedule to beat. And you're not going to face any bad teams in the playoffs once you get there as well. Exactly. So what? You just make the playoffs? Oh, we'll lose, whatever. No, like that's not the goal. Like, you know, that's a great point you bring up. I mean, so you're not going to play all the bad teams all the time. To make the playoffs, the playoff teams, Every now and then, maybe not every time, but if they're from the NFC East, then that's, you know, that's kind of an excuse. Well, yeah, that's true. But, um, NFC least, um, (laughs) so you're going to have to beat a good team. You, you you know, maybe multiple times in the season, if you want to be a playoff team. So it's a tough test. It is. It's a tough test. And we'll get into our predictions here right after this, but you're going to have to win, you know, one of these games here whether it's versus New Orleans or Green Bay or Kansas City or L.A., um, or, you know, Vegas looks good. Um, you know, there's there's some teams that, that look pretty solid on your schedule. You're going to have to beat some of them. If you want to make the playoffs, if you want to be over 500, you're going to have to beat them just because you can't just beat up on all the bad teams if you don't have enough. So the reason they brought Tom Brady here was to win the Super Bowl, right? This is the game type of game that they brought Tom Brady here to win. Yeah. To win this big game, 425, Fox, national TV. They brought him in Tampa. They brought him here to win this football game. You are, you have won six Super Bowls. Go out and do it. Go out and do it. I, I'm, you know, I'm a big Tom Brady fan, but Tom, go out and do it. I don't need to say much. Just go out. You know what you need to do. You know exactly what you need to do. Go out and do it. It is the narrative of this football game. I feel like on this preview episode, we kind of talked around it because I think everybody knows it's, you know, somewhat prime time. Most of the country is going to be watching 425 on Fox. Perfect time slot. Pewter pants, baby. But it's Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers. Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers. Doesn't really matter how your offensive line plays when the next day on ESPN, they're talking about Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. That's what it's about. So just like you said, Evan, Tom Brady's going to need to step up. And he's a guy who clearly can. It's not like he doesn't have the resume. But 
Definitely looking for a big game from TV 12 this Sunday. Let's do some score predictions and wrap up and get out of here. We said earlier, I think this is going to be a high scoring game. Evan, I think you think it's going to be a high scoring game as well. I think it's going to be a close game. And the last team with the ball is your winner. With that being said, this defense will play well. Aaron Rodgers is still going to put up points. It is what it is. Both teams score 30 plus 38 to 35. Your final score, Tampa Bay. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm just the worst, aren't I? Oh, and, and you did that little. <sighs> I just. Oh, that I, was great. That, that was props to you, my friend. Uh, that thanks. was, that was pretty. I, I do what I can. That was pretty good. I'll give you that one. So what's what's your score? So. I do, yeah. I think this game's definitely gonna be high scoring. Um, I think you're gonna see the offense be good, but I also think you're gonna see signs of them just not having Chris Godwin and Mike Evans together for as you know as much as they would like. Um, so I'm gonna go. I, I think the defense will play decent. I don't think they're not gonna get Aaron Rodgers isn't gonna go out and throw six touchdowns against them. But I hope you I don't, don't eat those words, man, because he very well could. Well, you might. Yeah, well, we'll see. Um, but uh, maybe they get an interception off him this week. I don't know. I, uh, I, that's a bold prediction I'd like to make. Maybe the Bucks all. Uh, maybe the Bucks defense gets Aaron Rodgers' first interception of the season. Is it, is is it maybe or will? Because if it's maybe, it's not bold. I'm not a betting man. If I were to go over if to you, our friends yeah, at there you go. BetOnline.ag, I'm sure there's a bet on it. But I, I will say sure that, is. you know what, to hell with it. I'll look for the bet this weekend on BetOnline.ag. I think the Buccaneers defense go. gets Aaron Rodgers' first interception of the season. Big takeaway for, for the Bucs at a crucial moment in the game. Is that how they win the game? Oh, <laughs> I don't think so. No, I don't um, think Aaron Rodgers in crunch time is throwing a pick. All right, uh, you're probably right. Um, So... <sighs> I, I think it is a high-scoring game. I think both teams are going to be in the 30s. I'm going to go 35-31. Now, the, the, city, the city that I'm going to pick, its second name is Bay. So, <laughs> just saying. It really narrows a little it down. Hint. It does. It narrows it down to two, right? Just what happens as the two that are playing each other. Uh I'm gonna go Green Bay. Uh, just I, I don't. If you know, if if the Bucks had OJ Howard and, and Vita Vea, especially Vita Vea, I'd feel a whole lot better because yeah. Aaron Jones has been on a complete tear. But obviously they don't, and I think that the Bucks will play well. I think it'll be a really good game, and you'll look at it as one of the better games of the 2020 season. But I think the Packers, I think Aaron Rodgers just makes one more play than Tom Brady does. Maybe the Bucks need to get the ball back with like a minute and a half left, and Aaron Rodgers just makes some ridiculous throw to move the chains, and the Bucks don't get the ball back. Something like that. They'll just, he'll make one more play than Tom Brady will, and, and that'll be that. But I think the Bucks fans will leave the game feeling excited about the offense. I, I, I do think that. No doubt an exciting game on the horizon for Tampa Bay. If you have your picks for this Sunday's matchup, make sure you leave them in the comments if you're watching over on YouTube. And that's just about going to do it for us. 
That'll wrap up this episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, for listening on any of our major podcast outlets or checking us out on YouTube. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the channel and turn on that little bell uh, icon so you get notified every single time we go live. And if you're listening to us from the Believe Podcast Network, welcome. And once again, folks, with everything going on in that partnership, we are very, very excited about the content that we're going to be bringing you here soon. Follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Canon Fire Podcast, basically the best place to go for updates on the show. And of course, Buccaneer News as it happens. Speaking of Buccaneer News as it happens, you can follow my co-host Evan on Instagram at Bucks underscore daily. Congratulations on 25,000 followers, my friend. Quite a feat. Yeah, thank you. Uh, thanks a lot. And like I said, thank you to everybody that follows. Um couldn't do it without you guys, obviously. And you know, the reason I still do it is because of you guys. Um, it was just a page I started in November of 2013, and I had no idea that it was going to grow to this. I, I would have never guessed that someday it'd have 25,000 followers. It's just still kind of crazy to me. And uh, thanks for, you know, a lot of you have been on this journey with me since day one. So thank you guys, and thanks for continuing to be the best, supporting the page, and supporting this show. All I got to do now is hit you with that certified, the check right there on Instagram. That's all we need right there, baby. That's all, that's, that's all we need. That's, that's what we're waiting for, right? Hell yeah. Folks, you can also find Evan on Twitter at EvanNFL. And you can find myself on social media, Instagram and Twitter. Both of those are Reticus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S. And if you follow me, I'm pretty sure I will follow you back. This Sunday, huge game for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We are awaiting anxiously we'll talk to you guys on monday after the game i'm your host rhett matthews signing off for my co-host evan wanish and we'll talk to you then go bucks thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube American Giant makes great clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, and more right here in the U.S. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order with code STAPLE20. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, code STAPLE20.